So we're joined right now by an NFL Network insider. He is also the co-host of The Insiders. Weekdays, noon to 1 p.m. Eastern on NFL Plus and 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern on NFL Network. Of course, I'm talking about Tom Pelissero, always a very busy man. Tom, thank you very much for making time for us once again. How you doing, Tom? I'm good, Jim. It's been a uh, an interesting couple of weeks in the NFL, to say the least, and we're not even close to done. Man, well said. It has been amazing. It's been a fascinating couple of weeks. I mean, I don't even know where to start. Why don't we start, Tom, with the Steeler fans? Because they've been calling this show, probably hitting you up as well, and hitting social media for weeks, calling for Mike Tomlin's firing. Yesterday, he abruptly walked off the podium when he was asked about his future. In fact, the reporter didn't even get to asking about his future after that loss. I'm curious, what was your reaction to that, and what are you hearing about his coaching plans? I thought it was unusual for Mike to not just stand in and answer the question. In 17 years, I remember him walking off the podium to a whole lot, and you know, but there's also not been a time in his Steelers career, Jim, where he's had one year left on his contract because the Steelers always do it two years out. Now, that's not a sign... The Pittsburgh's going to be looking to move on. Let's be very clear. If if Mike Tomlin is not the Steelers head coach in 2024, that is going to be spearheaded by Mike Tomlin himself. If it's just 17 years and he's got, he feels like it's the right time to move on, if there's another opportunity out there, whatever it might be, it's going to be on Tomlin. This is not how Art Rooney and the Rooney family do, do business. It's not how the Steelers do business. They're not going to contemplate a trade or anything else. There's some things they got to sort out. Even if he's there, he's going to need an offensive coordinator. Certainly there's going to be some different roster things. There's a big quarterback question after Kenny Pickett got benched late in the season and they let Mason Rudolph roll into the playoffs. But the idea that Mike Tomlin is going to be fired is you know, beyond far-fetched. It's just not something that the Steelers do. But clearly, there's something here, and we'll find out in the days to come exactly what that is. Tom Palacero is joining us. All right, so what about the Cowboys, Tom? Like, the Cowboy players offered strong support for their embattled head coach, Mike McCarthy. How do you think that Jerry Jones, though, feels about McCarthy right about now? And ultimately, what do you think Jones is going to do with that situation? Everything I've been told is that Jerry Jones did not and does not want to make a change. When he said after the game he hadn't thought about that for one second, that's the truth. Because in Jerry's mind, this is a team that he thought could potentially be a Super Bowl team. Instead, they played the worst game that they've played by far the entire season on a big stage against the Packers, who went right down the field on the opening drive. They seemed to have more energy. They seemed to have more physicality. You had things happening with the Cowboys, like C.D. Lamb. I mean, Jim, when was the last time you saw the star receiver of a team, the number one guy maybe in the entire league this season, who after the first drive is getting talked to by his quarterback and talked to by his head coach. He he seems extremely frustrated. There were just a lot of things that from go in that game just didn't look right. So what does Jerry do? You know, Mike McCarthy is the first Cowboys coach to ever win 12 games in each of his first three seasons. He took over the play calling duties uh, this year and immediately had the number one offense in the league. Dak played his best football, and you heard Dak come up publicly in support of Mike McCarthy. You're disappointed about what happened in the postseason. I would say this. Jerry's always thinking. Jerry's always thinking about the Cowboys brand. He's always thinking about bigger and better. He knows he's got a really, really good head coach in Mike McCarthy. My sense, Jim, and this is just me understanding the situation, talking to people, my sense is, Jerry's not going to move on from Mike McCarthy unless he is certain he gets an upgrade. 
And obviously this is the rare year where there are some really, really big name coaches out there who some could argue would be worth putting it all on the line when you seem to have the arrow pointing up in every direction except the postseason and potentially make a change. Mm, Tom Pelissero is joining us right now. It's an interesting thought. Tom, what about Philadelphia then? You talked about Jerry Jones. Now he sees his coach. What about Jeffrey Lurie? What do you think that he sees when he looks at Nick Sirianni now and the way they finish the year? I mean, Jeffrey Lurie, every time they showed him on TV last night, had that 1,000-yard stare. You know that he's curious about the way that things went. It's a team that was 10-1 and one. out of the gate. They lose six of their last seven. Again, three years, three playoff spots for Nick Sirianni less than a year ago. He's in the Super Bowl. But the, it was the way they lost six of those last seven games. It was the way that they seemed to crumble, you know, whether it was physical, emotional, mental, all the above. There was just something missing with the Eagles down the stretch of the season. Now, anytime that you lose both your offensive and defensive coordinator, that's going to have an impact. That's what happened, obviously, after the Super Bowl last year. Jonathan Gannon goes to Arizona. Shane Steichen goes to Indianapolis. They hire Sean Desai, who gets stripped of play-calling duties, when, by the way, the Eagles were still playing pretty good at that point on defense, and they were still winning games offensively. You know, Brian Johnson gets promoted. He's very close with Jalen Hurts. Whatever it was, everything didn't line up the way that they were anticipating here. Howie Roseman is very aggressive as a general manager. He's always thinking about the next move. If he believes that the best way to proceed here is to go out and take a swing at a big-time, big-name coach, he's not going to be afraid to do it. I've not heard anything to this point to say that is what's going to happen. These are complicated discussions that have to happen with Jeffrey Lurie. you got some older players on the team. Jason Kelsey, at least as of now, plans to walk away. There's a lot of question marks with Philadelphia that's beyond the head coach, but either way, whether Nick Sirianni stays or not, you're going to have big changes in Philadelphia. Have to. Tom Pelissero joining us. You know, Tom, it's not very often that you see a couple of teams, and again, both of these teams still have their head coach. I'm not saying these jobs are open just yet. They may or may not be. It's not often you see really good jobs open up like that, but then again, it's not often that you see the alleged greatest coach ever come free and available the way Bill Belichick has. What are you hearing about Belichick? What do you think is the most logical destination for him? So I found out over the weekend that Bill Belichick and Arthur Blank were meeting face-to-face, and I know the Falcons finally announced that last night at halftime of uh, one of the games, You know, saying that they interviewed Bill Belichick for the position. Listen, if you're talking to Bill Belichick, that's not an interview. That is a conversation about how would we move forward. Would this work? Because Bill has won one way for a very long time in terms of the structure of the organization, in terms of his control over personnel, and other aspects of the organization um, in terms of the resources that he would need. You know, those are all things that him and Arthur Blank need to discuss or him and any owner are going to need to discuss. In Arthur Blank, you've got an 81-year-old guy who wants to win right now, was frustrated with Arthur Smith, frustrated with three straight seven-win seasons, frustrated that they did not achieve at a higher level this year, especially, you know, on the offensive side of the ball where you use three consecutive top ten picks on skill players and you still aren't very good offensively. They haven't invested in the quarterback position. No matter who's the head coach there, uh, they're going to need to obviously address that. But with Belichick, it, it seems like there's so much that lines up in this situation in terms of the type of owner that he's getting with here, in terms of the personnel that's in place, in terms of the resources, salary cap and otherwise, because they've really cleaned that up uh, in Atlanta in recent years. And in a division where I know the Bucks have gotten hot here and they're down into the division round, 
you're looking and saying, I, I think we can be good pretty immediately. Belichick's not, for all the speculation, I, I do not foresee him walking into a Washington, despite all the resources they have, and saying we're going to go ground up, rebuild, and we're going to build this thing over the next three years. If Belichick's coaching, he wants to take down the records, he wants to be number one on that list, he's got two or three years probably left in him to do it. Atlanta lines up, but there quite possibly are going to be some other teams that emerge out of the woodwork here too. Tom, do you think he could win a Super Bowl in Atlanta in the next three years, and how important is that to him? Tell me who his quarterback is. That's right. going to be the biggest question in this whole deal. It's not going to be Desmond Ritter. He'll probably get a fresh start somewhere else. It's not going to be Taylor Heineke. you got a pretty short list of free agent quarterbacks, Jim, in this next offseason here. It's Kirk Cousins. It's Baker. It's Tannehill. And then you're down into some of those you know, guys that are probably backups like the Flacco's and Minshew's and Carson Wentz and Darnold. You know, the draft, you're going to have a high pick. You potentially can go and get one. But Bill did that a couple of years ago when he drafted Mac Jones. And that went so far south that Mac got devoted to third string in Belichick's final game with the Patriots here. Could you trade for somebody? The Raiders are going to have to unload Jimmy Garoppolo. Would that even be in play or would Belichick be conscientious of the idea that, oh, they're trying to do the whole New England thing again in this new place? You know, there's some other names. You know, does Justin Fields potentially uh, become available here? Could a Daniel Jones be available? There's a lot of different names. But if you're thinking about getting a quarterback this year, you better be prepared to draft one high and take your lumps or to shell out $45, $50 million a year for Kirk Cousins or else you have to trade for somebody. Those are the options. There's not a lot of dudes just walking on the street right now. Tom Pelissero joining us. You mentioned the Raiders. Before I let you go, I'm going to go back because you have a report on them that I want to ask you about. But you mentioned Kirk Cousins. Tom, do you think if you're Miami – are they thinking about what that offense might look like with Kirk Cousins, or do you think they're going to play out that fifth year with Tua and see how he does? Like, how do they approach it? He's got twenty-four, I think it is, million dollars guaranteed on that option year. You're committed to that under the new CBA, so that's fully guaranteed. Uh, all indications right now are that they want to continue to proceed with Tua, but you know, anytime you're a head coach entering year three, like Mike McDaniel is. That's a pivot type of a year because usually after year three, if it hasn't happened already, you either get a contract extension or your contract gets terminated. So was it Tua that necessarily was the thing that held them back from winning more down the stretch of the season? He was healthy. He was very efficient uh, in the early stages of the season. They were banged up a lot down the stretch. They didn't have Waddle. They didn't have Mostert. They got those guys back, but they're playing in an igloo in Kansas City, and I don't know if that was really conducive to playing the style of football that they want, you know, do they have to become a more you know, physical type of football team as opposed to a finesse team? Miami ran the ball almost as good as anybody in the league when they were on this season, but when it came down to it in the playoffs, they didn't quite have that. It's, it's a unique thing, Jim. There's no question about it because two is another one of those guys. If if the Dolphins did say, you know what, we're going to move on from them, there would be a market because there just aren't enough of these guys that are going to be out there. And even if you like a Caleb Williams, you like a, a Drake May, you like a Michael Penix, whatever it is, do you feel 100% confident that guy can step in and play for you right now? Those are the questions that are going to loom large over this entire offseason. I mean, Jim, we still got seven head coaching spots so far that are available that we still got to fill. We still got five GM spots that we got to fill. And then we've got some of the biggest names in the game, you know, between Russell Wilson and Justin Fields. What's the future of Mac Jones? What's the future of Daniel Jones and Jimmy Garoppolo? What happens with Geno Smith with the new coaching staff? Cousins, Mayfield. I mean, this is going to be 
bonkers, man. And we are already way into bonkers territory with what's going on in the coaching cycle. Tom, I don't see you sleeping for at least four more months. One last thought. I mentioned the Raiders. You reported Sunday that Leslie Frazier was scheduled to interview with the Raiders today. Players like Max Crosby and Devontae Adams have both called for the hiring of Antonio Pierce full-time. Where do you think Mark Davis's head is at right now? And how legitimate a shot does Pierce have of getting that gig full-time? Well, first of all, I'm Leslie Frazier. I've known Les for a long time. I live in Minneapolis. He was the head coach of the Vikings, one of the greatest people you'll ever meet in the NFL, well-deserving of a shot. Secondly, when it comes to the Raiders' process here, even though they have an interim head coach who's a minority, they still have to fulfill the Rooney Rule. They still have to do multiple external minority candidates that they interview in person for the job. And so I'm not saying that's what's going on with Leslie Frazier right now. I'm just saying that would be a step toward hiring Antonio Pierce, which, based upon all the conversations I've had, certainly seems like the direction that this is headed. Mark Davis has long believed in Las Vegas. You need a big name on the marquee to draw people in. He went and got John Gruden. He went and got Josh McDaniels. Neither of those worked out for vastly different reasons. Does Antonio Pierce have that same cachet in the name? No, but he went five and four down the stretch and Raiders fans got fired up. And Mark Davis certainly at this point is feeling external pressure from the media, from fans and internal pressure in his own locker room to the point that we reported over the weekend, Max Crosby's probably requesting a trade if Antonio Pierce doesn't get the job. The Raiders are a player driven player run type of an organization. Remember Mark Davis was a kid you know, his dad, Al, one of the luminaries of the sport, but Mark grew up around the players. He didn't grow up on the front office. He initially grew up being around the players. He still identifies with the players. That's why he was asking them what to do prior to firing Josh McDaniels. That's why he certainly is conscientious of their opinions right now. And so it's going to be fascinating to see exactly what direction this goes, but Antonio Pierce seems to be in very good position to be the head coach of the Raiders. I would say in reaction to that, Tom, it's not a reason to hire Antonio Pierce. Like, if he doesn't have a lot to bring to it, you don't hire him. But I think he does have something to bring to it. But if I'm Mark Davis and I hear Max Crosby intimating or actually saying, if you don't bring this guy in, I want out, man. That would terrify me. That would terrify me. I think there's something to that. He is an NFL Network insider. He is all over all of this. Hey, Tom, can't say how much I appreciate your time. I know how busy you are. I know how many platforms you're on. Thank Thank you very much for making time for that, and a great job as always. You got it, Jim. Anytime for you, man. Thank you, Tom. Appreciate you very much. I mean that. He is so busy and on so many platforms, and what a great job he just did once again. Tom Pellicero, NFL Network Insider, once again the co-host of The Insiders, weekdays, noon to 1 p.m. Eastern on NFL+, Plus, 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern on NFL Network, and covering a lot of ground.